Welcome everybody to the daily podcast broadcast. Good evening, morning, day, night, afternoon to you all. Man, I don't know how these podcasts keep getting later and later and later. Anyways, wherever it is meeting and greeting you, I hope that you are awake, advanced, and ready for the next ready for the next 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 podcast that we got going on because this is going to be the last episode of the series Neverland. Never Neverland, y'all. So we are talking childhood games today. Now, if you have any topic requests, please feel free to hit me up either text message or um, Instagram, Agent K21 Podcast, or Instagram or Twitter, Agent K21 on those venues. All right, so we are talking about childhood games today. All right, I would love to see a poll. I'm going to maybe post something on my Instagram. I'd love to see a poll of what your favorite childhood game was or is. Because we are talking Neverland, helping the inner child mature and grow up. So we all played games in childhood. I mean, we all continue, not all, but most of us played games in childhood. And games carry on over into adulthood. Yes. So we're talking about games today. Mind games, uh, house games, mental games, (laughs) any type of game, physical games, you know, all of that. So shout out to those who created games and shout out to those who played them. Because, yes, we're talking about them. We got video games, arcade games, sport games, all of those things. And how do they translate into our adulthood? All right. So in true fashion, I'm just going to go off the cuff here and just you know, roll the dice and let's see what happens. So I looked up childhood games and the first childhood games that came up, we're going to come up with some adult ways that we play these same games. Okay. First game that comes up is hopscotch. Hopscotch. What is hopscotch? Hopscotch. Use some chalk, use some sidewall chalk to be exact and make a hopscotch grid. Number the squares from one to nine. Pick a rock that is good for tossing. Small ones can bounce too. Oh yes, they can. <laughs> so hopscotch. Numbers one through nine. Well, nine is the number of karma. So hopscotch is, is the adult version of uh of good and bad karma. <laughs> okay. So you can jump from one step to the next, but guess what? That joint is gonna follow you. How? I don't know, but that joint's gonna follow you. And so um you can't outrun your karma. You can't outrun the good and not so good seeds that you plant into the fertile ground. So that is a game that follows us into our adulthood. And so as we help the inner child mature, we want to put blessings out there. We want to put out love, light to every stranger you meet. Remember, everyone is fighting their own personal battle that you know nothing about. So be good to each other. Send out love, light, happiness. It'll all come back to you. All right, the next childhood game we have is marbles. Ah, marbles. Deceptively non-interesting at first glance. They open up a world, a whole world of wonder as a child. You can trade them, barter with them, smash them into pieces. I'm guessing that's what the next word was probably going to be. I'm not actually going to read the whole blurb. I'm just reading a little sentence of whatever is the first thing that says. Okay, so marbles and adulthood. Deceptively non-interesting at first glance. That is 
when you're going to go choose the person to dance with and you see the person you don't want to dance with, not interesting at first, but they become the Bill Science guy, the Steve Jobs, they become the, you know, the Bill Gates, the, the, the person who's like, whoa, I was totally not looking at these marbles, but now they are so successful, highly successful. So if you feel like a marble, if you feel like, you know, you serve no purpose, think again, think again. I bet you you're very interesting and very fascinating. All right. You can trade them, barter with them, smash them. Well, we got a lot of that going on in uh, Wolf of Wall Street type stuff going on here. So those are the same games that we play in adulthood. Those zero sum games, those business contracts, those uh, artists and label contracts. We get into these deceptive games that we play amongst each other in adulthood. And they look like zero sum games, more like I win, you lose type of games that we play with each other. Those mind games, those are the marbles that we grow up with. So we want to integrate this aspect of ourselves. We want to become very clear about our expectations, our assumptions, and our presumptive contracts that we have with each other. And so I was actually watching this video um, the other night. You know, life is all about learning and growing, and I'm always learning new ways to integrate. And I was watching this video, and she gives an example of uh, a presumptive contract. So for in this example, you know, we got the holidays coming up. So I think this is a great example. So you got the holidays coming up, right? You got your best friend. You're like, you know what? I'm going to give my best friend the best gift ever. Best gift ever for Christmas. So you buy your best friend, me, a PlayStation 4. And they're so grateful. They're like, wow, I always wanted this whatever gift you give this person, right? And they're like, you're the best. This gift is so amazing. Next day, the same person you just bought this gift for, the next day, you hear them talking smack behind your back. You hear them talking mad trash about you. You just bought them a gift yesterday. Today, they're talking mad trash about you. And they're like, you know, they hear they hear about this. They hear it through the grapevine. Hey, I heard you was talking trash about me. Didn't I just buy you a gift? I just bought you something and you're over here talking trash about me. And they're like, yeah, and? And that person who bought them that gift is like, how could you do this after what I just did for you? And that is where the presumptive contract lies. The presumptive contract that this person did not agree to is, I'm going to give you this gift. And by you accepting this gift, that means you're never going to talk trash about me. That means... You're never going to say anything bad about me. They did not agree to that. They're going to talk trash about you the next day. That's what they, that's their prerogative. That's what they chose to do with themselves. They talk trash about you. But we played the game of, I'm going to buy your loyalty. And we enter into these transactional love affairs that enter into these contracts that nobody knows about. Nobody agrees to this. And I know it because, um, I've had it done to me. I've done it to other people. It's nothing wrong with these assumptions and expectations. But what is wrong with them is making them not visible. These invisible strings get attached. And that is actually the name of the video I watch. It's called Cutting the Invisible Strings by Teal Swan. So shout out to that. 
All right. So another example of marbles. Let me just read the definition again by top 50 stylist, top 50s children's games we miss. Marbles, deceptively non-interesting at first glance. They open up a whole world of wonder as a child. Okay. Opening up the whole world of wonder. I was reading this book today. It's called You Are a Badass. I've mentioned it before. I've read passages from this book in my money series from season one. You can go check that out uh, before I got triggered and stopped reading from it. But so (laughs) from that book, I'm reading it and they give a great example. This is another zero sum game, another way that we put demands on people. And this is what the game of marbles is as adulthood, putting these demands in we're trading, we're bothering, we're doing all these things, right? So in this example, someone invites you to a birthday party and they're like, hey, I want you to come to my birthday party. You know, no worries. If you can make it, that'd be great. If not, no worries. And they're like, cool, sure, you know, whatever. And then the next person that says, yo, I want you to come to my birthday party, but it'll only be dope if you show up. Like, you've got to be there. Like, I won't take no for an answer because I was there for you at your birthday party, so you got to show up at mine. And they put this demand on you. And this trading system is, I did for you, what are you going to do for me? And so that is another childhood game that we change into adulthood. So, yeah, these games, the way we can address them is becoming conscious of the games that we play, the mind games we play with each other and the mind games we play on ourselves. So for those of us who grew up in households, enmeshed households, dysfunctional households, we do not understand what love truly is. What we got in return for love was transaction. You know, I will buy you this if you clean your room. I will take you off a punishment if you do X, Y, and Z. Those were the childhood transactional love messages we got. It doesn't feel like love because it's not love. What it is is a transaction of, you know, the parent basically saying, look at how much I sacrificed for my child, and yet they turn around and do this to me. That is not love. That is conditioned. And so um, if we grow up in households where we've had conditional love, what we want to do is nurture ourselves into unconditional love. So a way that we get out of the, the, um, the mode of transactional love is by bringing awareness to these transactions. So when you do something, it's really, really minute stuff. Like you really have to catch it. Because it's so simple. We don't really think we're doing anything. We think that it's implied, you know. I gave you that. That should be implied that you would, you know, grandma got you that sweater. It's implied that you would wear it. No, it's not. And they're not obligated to wear it either. And so we have to kind of take back our control, if you will, and really give and do things. Not even just give. Do things from the heart. So... Even if it's just a compliment, if I say, hey, I like your sweater and they say nothing back, that's the expectation that they're going to compliment you back. And once we get out of that uh, mindset, we can actually start enjoying authentically giving 
without expectation of receiving. All right, so the next childhood game I have here on the list is hide and seek. Now, how many of y'all know hide and seek? I feel like a lot of people know hide and seek. And there is not really a good description here, but I'm just going to tell you what hide and seek was or is to me. Hide and seek is the game where you go hide, I go seek. End of story. Now, I don't know about y'all, but we was kind of some freaks when I was a kid. So we didn't just have regular hide and seek. Nah, it was definitely strip hide and seek. So I'm a hide and then I'm a seek and you're going to take something off. That's That was our hide and seek. So uh, we grew up pretty fast. I don't know about who, whoever else is listening. I don't know what kind of hide and seek you guys played, but uh, we definitely had the R-rated X version of hide and seek uh, growing up. And so hide and seek, you go hide somewhere, the person has to count to X amount of number, then they show up and they have to find you, right? And this this childhood game is what we've done. Uh, this is what we've done with love, right? We say, go hide somewhere and I'm going to find you. And then we just go find these random partners and, you know, in our case, we were stripping, but, you know, whatever. We go find these random people until you find what you're looking for. So <laughs> I don't really know if that count constitutes as an adult childhood game translation, but that's just off the cuff. That's what I thought of. Okay, the next top game. And I'm actually surprised this is in the top games. Uh, musical Chairs. Musical Chairs is a top childhood game, apparently. Go figure. I would have not put that in the top, but okay. This uh, <clears throat> definition that the web has says, For this, you need as props chairs. One fewer than the number of players. Placed in a circle facing outward. When the music plays, the children walk around the dot, dot, dot. All right, now this kind of sounds like Duck, Duck, Goose a little bit to me too, but... That wasn't on the list. That didn't make the cut, I guess. And um, what stood out to me reading this definition is needing the props, the chairs, one fewer than the number of players. So guess what? This game is already set up to make you fail. This game is already set up to make you fail, which in adulthood translates to our entire society. Our entire society is set up not with people's best interests at heart. Let's be real. Our entire society, work, live, die, I'm sorry, we forgot retirement, work, live, kids, marriage, retirement, <laughs> I might have messed up the order still, <laughs> and then die, right? That's not really living, that's not really living, but the way the system is set up, we're going to give you fewer numbers of chairs, which could be money, which could be resources, which could be clean water, which could be a number of things. We're going to give you one fewer than there's actually people capable to receive. So musical chairs is the societal programming that we all grow up believing that this is as good as it gets. There's not enough to go around, Um, you know, chasing this quote unquote American dream that is not available to everyone. We're we're going to really isolate this quote unquote American dreams and take away the rights of immigrants, take away the rights of women, take away the rights of children, but all strive for this. That's bullshit if I could ever call it such. That is the epitome of shit. Because no and no. 
let's go ahead and create this life of musical chairs. Now, we all play in childhood so, you know, carelessly, we don't even realize that there's not enough chairs for everyone. I mean, maybe we do, but definitely in my childhood, I don't think I knew that. Playing the game, I just was like, hey, shit, there's some chairs, let's go sit. I don't think I was actually like, oh, wait, all of us aren't going to make it. That's messed up. The system already sets you up to say, all of you guys aren't going to make it. And then we implement these new, you know, no child left behind, these kind of amendments to kind of correct the system that was already broken, that was already created and fostered on brokenness. So you mean to tell me that this is already a broken game that I'm playing and you want me to believe that, you know, everyone has a fair chance. Everyone doesn't have a fair chance. Unfortunately, there's poverty. Unfortunately, there is, you know, the projects, government assistance programs. There's all these things that are not fair. Life is not the fair game we thought it would be. And so the way that we correct this, not even correct, because see, that's the, that's the corrections officer coming out right now. The way that we can integrate and implement this childhood game into an adult uh, and change it into an adult um, game? No. The way that we really integrate this is by being aware of the situations at hand, okay, the things that we were inherently given in this life. And we are the generation. We can be, and not only can be, we are. I'm speaking for all of us. I choose, therefore, so do you. No, I'm just kidding. But we have to make our own choices. We have to consciously choose to get in there and fix legislation. We have to make the choice to vote. I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to vote. It's a waste of time. It's only a waste of time if we waste our time not voting. Get out there, vote, change legislation, talk to your governors, talk to the state people. Like, I think that we're starting to realize how much power we have um, and how nothing is in vain. Nothing is forsaken. Everything counts. So if you have a business proposition that can change the world, don't hold on to it for yourself. Get out there and implement it designate people that can help you you know if you're weird be as weird as possible we need more weird people show yourself we need more healers we need more gurus we need more uh spiritual advisors we need more lawyers who are actually just you know we need more police believe it or not that are just we need to do a whole u-haul on our corrupted system So instead of taking that job that you really don't want or that you really hate, why not go after what you're really passionate about? I don't care if your parents said art doesn't make any money. Do that and do it to the best of your ability. And if you feel like you're in a rut right now, you feel stuck, you feel like school is a waste of time or you're just wasting your life, you're not. You have dreams. Go make them happen. They're so possible to happen. We have to just get out of our own way and make it happen. So these are some childhood games that creep up in adulthood that we continue to play out in our adulthood. Um, the mind games, the the mind games, the sex games, the uh, trade games, the zero sum games, all of these things that are dysfunctional in nature. We have the power to course correct. 
We have the power to change these with our choices. So choose to be you, choose to be brave, and choose something different than what we've been handed. Okay, this is not, this doesn't have to be life as we know it. We don't just have to eat, live, and die. We can actually cultivate the earth that we want. We can create the reality that we want. And if you feel like you don't have enough, enough time, enough money, enough friends, enough whatever, ask the universe to send, and it will, because there's more than enough, and we all can succeed, and we all can thrive and do what we're good at without feeling like we have to follow in the footsteps of someone else or follow a dream that doesn't fulfill us. We can actually choose to be our own. And so think about these childhood games. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Send in some funny childhood games and how do you think they correlate to adulthood games? I'd love to hear it. And uh, yeah, be well. Until next time.